You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. Enjoying the podcast? Consider supporting it on Patreon. You'll get behind-the-scenes looks, sneak peeks, extra bonus content, and best of all, a way to interact with me, your host. You'll also get discounts on merch like tank tops and magnets and all the other services I provide, like booking me to speak, coach or consult, or even advertise here on the podcast. Check it out in the show notes or in patreon.com slash choose your struggle. Plans start at as little as $3.40 a month and all the money goes right into the podcast. All right, let's get back to the show. Spread love. Choose your struggle. Welcome to a very special Monday motivation episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Now, normally these are just me chatting to y'all, but I actually have a guest today. So uh, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, incredible guest, we'll start with that. Hi, uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay McCall Reed. I am the founder and president of a mental health organization called Exhale. So, you know, obviously one J to another, we, we, you know, I love a good story. So help my listeners understand why you decided to start that organization and what motivated you. So pretty much as somebody that has gone through mental health issues himself, it's something that I felt like I needed to do. You know, I'm 22 years old. I just graduated from Western Michigan University back in December and that's where I started XL at. I just felt like a lot of the times mental health is really overlooked. A lot of people don't understand that in order to take care of your physical health, your mental health has to be in a good place for you to want to take care of your physical health. And for me growing up, mental health wasn't really a staple in my family home. But I started to realize as a kid that as I got older, my mental health is not where it should be. There'd be certain things in my head that I would think of or problems that I would go through mentally, but I didn't know what it was. So I really got older. So when I got to Western, it was actually the main story of why I really started it besides that is because uh, my friend, actually, I was in a final for a marketing class and my friend was an RA who's like a manager of like dorms and stuff. And he showed up late. And when he came to the class, he was like, sorry, bro. He's like, thanks for saving my test. I said, what happened? He said there was a girl who was locking herself in her dorm and was trying to commit suicide. So they were trying to bust in the door. So I was like, dang, he's like, yeah, man, he's like finals week. He's like all this type of stuff in college, like this stuff gets to your mental. And something about that really clicked in my head. And I'm like, you know what? I need to make a change. You know, I know I was already thinking about doing something like that, but that was really that pivotal point of the light bulb going above my head. And I'm like, okay, it's time for this, you know, because college students go through a lot. Adults go through a lot. People go through a lot, not just in America, but in the whole world as far as mental health, but they don't talk about it because either they don't think it's a problem or they don't seek the help to really get diagnosed as far as that. So that's really why I wanted to start to change and break that stigma of mental health that people think is what it is. You mentioned that, you know, you sort of had that realization that your mental health wasn't where it should have been, right? Like that was something that you, uh, a place you came to. A lot of people don't get that realization. Was there a moment that helped you 
like reach that point? Did something happen in your life or were you just blessed to kind of go, man, I, I could be doing a lot better? Um, I think, you know, to be honest with you, Jay, from a J to a J, <laughs> uh, the moment that really made me realize my mental health is something that is not no joke was back in 2018, uh, I lived in the dorms at Western and I was going through a lot. Um, I had a single dorm. I didn't have a roommate, you know, cause I just didn't want a roommate. I just want to be by myself, but I didn't realize how that would affect my mental. And, you know, there was a situation that happened and I'm not going to lie. I just didn't want to live anymore. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to um, be here anymore. I didn't really want to just go through the day-to-day -day activities and the ups and downs of life. And, you know, I was, I, you know, I took some, uh, medicine and stuff, you know, I downed it with some liquor and stuff. And when I laid down, it was kind of one of those things laying on that, like the bed and stuff, just looking at the ceiling. And when I closed my eyes that night, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know whether or not I was going to live or I was going to die. You know what I mean? So when I woke up in the morning, obviously I felt awful, but the realization really came as I woke up, meaning God didn't want me to end it there. He didn't want to take me just yet. He said, this is not your time. You don't need to take your own life like this. If you're going, if you, if your life is going to end, I'm going to take it, but you still got stuff to do. And just kind of just going through that experience of whether or not knowing whether I was going to die or not that night after doing that and then waking up, that's when I really realized like, okay, it's, it's, it's time to really take this stuff seriously as far as my mental as far as really taking care of myself. And that's what I did from there on. And for me to really get to that point of realizing that I need to take care of my mental, I want others to get to that, that point to take care of their mental without having to do something like that, that I did. Because I know, speaking from experience of how that feels to be so low, to be so down to the point where you don't even want to be here anymore. And it's more to the point where you don't even care about, uh, what your family would say, what your friends would say, because it's like, it's just you in a box and whatever they say, they can say, but they're outside that box. They're, in, they're not in that box with you. So I know how that feels. So that was, I would say that's my most pivotal point of uh, my realization about mental health and just realizing about that. Man, that was, uh, well, first off, thank you so much for your vulnerability. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm so glad that you you made it through you know, uh, as, as again, a person who also lived through a couple of suicide attempts and, and an actual overdose, you know, there's a, there's a reckoning on the other side. And, and it sounds like you had that reckoning and, in you know, you, your, your motivation had religion in it, but you still were able to sort of, uh, wrap your head around that and, and move in a, in a good direction. And I think that, you know, I didn't, it took me a while longer after mine to really start heading in that positive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there is a lot, there's a lot of focus on this in at the college level. And, and that's because, you know, for the first time, a lot of people are away from home. They don't have their parents kind of looking over their shoulder. Uh, and they're also forced to deal with things for the first time in their lives. And yet organizations like yours kind of, you know, are springing up or have to exist because colleges aren't doing a great job at, at helping out students in these moments. 
Not at all. Not at all. You know, and it's the fact that even last semester, my last semester at Western, I actually got recruited by Western to uh, work on the mental health week, like come up with events to kind of be one of the spokespersons along with a couple other students to represent the student's voice. So whenever they would ask me, what type of events should we do? What do you think we should do? I would ask my friends, I would ask students uh, what they think we should do, what would help, you know, because the fact of the matter, especially with COVID, we just felt as students that the school wasn't really taking care of us as good as we thought they should be. You know, they didn't make mental health a priority. They didn't, they didn't go ahead and, uh, you know, professors weren't being lenient on certain things. It was as if they were speeding it up because they're like, oh, it's an online classes now. It's online classes now. So it should be easier for you guys. So here's this and this and this and this and to do. And at the same time, you're not realizing that students are being affected by COVID. They're having family members that are dying left and right from this pandemic. Uh, they got people who are getting affected by it in many different ways, not even just death. It's just people are losing jobs. There's just so many things that plays into mental health in a college student's life that people really don't understand. And I don't knock anybody that didn't go to college because college and school is not for everybody. And I understand that. But if you do go to college, you go through years of just your mental being tested day in and day out, you know? So they, they, they got better with it. You know, the mental health week was amazing. It was great. Shout out to Bree trainer. Uh, she's the mental health uh, outreach person at Western shout out to her. She did a great job. Um, but yeah, they just, it just, colleges aren't doing enough. So uh, props to you then for, for, you know, a lot of people, this is something that we kind of talk about a lot just in society as a whole, but a lot of people love to, to point out what's wrong. And some people that's their role is just pointing it out. And, and, but other people t say, great, I'm going to run with that. So, so talk about a, a, for, for a minute, what that was like, where you had this realization, like more needs to be done and you kind of went and, and I'm the guy to do it. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was more so like for me as a kid, you know, I was shy. I really didn't talk a lot. I really didn't, you know, really start hanging out with friends and doing a lot of that to like junior high for real because I was just a shy kid. But then when I got to college and everything and that whole incident happened, it was one of those things where in life you can either be on the sidelines or you can play in the game. And that sounds cliche. Don't get me wrong, but it's a true statement. A lot of the times people go through life and they just do the typical go to work, do this, do that, and then come home. The typical, they want the, what is it? The yellow house with the white picket fence, that American dream. That's Two and cool, a half kids, right? Two and a half kids, maybe three if you can afford it. Exactly, <laughs> you know? But for me, I just felt like after that realization, I knew what I, my purpose of life is. You know, I want to help people so that they can be healthy, so that they can live a life and be happy. Because life, life has its ups and downs, man. You know that. Mm -hmm. And if I'm able to create something like exhale that is going to make change in the mental health uh, fight, I'm going to do that. You know, why am I going to just think and sit down and be like, oh, OK, you know, I could help, but I don't know. No, I'm going to get out there and do it. You know, I'm going right. to try. I'm going to try to get people to see the vision of what I want to do. I want to work with other people. I want to create programs. I want to I want to make exhale big to the point where people see exhale and they're like, I know what that stands for. I know what they're trying to do. You know, like I want people to know that mental health, it's okay to have, to be depressed. It's okay to have anxiety. You're going to get through it. 
you know, I don't want anybody to feel like that's a burden. And I wanted to make sure people knew that and come in from somebody who has experienced this, not just somebody who's just doing it to do it. I have my personal stories that I could tell you for days about that. So, yeah. Well, again, I'm not sure I'm going to say this a lot, but props to you for, for doing that, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, I, I had a guest on, on this show not long ago who uh, was, was talking about for her as, as a woman of color, the hardest part was sort of that double stigma where mental health doesn't get talked about. And then on top of that, in she, this was her, her words, obviously not as someone who is not a person of color, I don't, I don't know this, but she said for her a lot of that conversation was kind of around religion like oh you just need more religion in your life you need to go to church mm -hmm. so as someone who's sort of it sounds like you're straddling that line a little bit because for you religion is a piece of that but at the same mm -hmm. time you were like nah man like that's not enough right so so right. is that a thing that you hear too or you see too or or is there, are there, you know, talk a little bit more again about that double stigma of being a black man and talking about an issue like mental health that people don't want to talk about? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In, in a couple of meetings, actually, you know, while I was at Western, a couple of XL meetings, I had brought that up to my members. I would say, you know, in the black community, if you bring up mental health, they're like, nah, go to church, pray it out. God got you, God got you. And I'm not saying God doesn't have me, you know, like I'm not saying that. It's just the fact that you can go to church, yeah, you know, but you need to do more than that. And in the black community, it's swept under the rug, especially in the black community. It's not looked at as something that's, you know, big. It's not something that they're gonna tell you, like, oh, let's go see a therapist. This is gonna let it be, you know, because I feel like, especially as black men, we are supposed to be you know the provider we're supposed to be the ones who go out work get our hands dirty do this and this and this and to be vulnerable and to really say how we feel to say we're going through this it's 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 awful that we have to hold our feelings inside to the point where we explode or commit suicide or harm ourselves in any type of way because we can't be who we want to be because we're supposed to be who they want us to be. And that's the problem. That's what I'm trying to break. I don't want, I don't want it to keep going where it's where it's in the black community. The black men are supposed to just keep doing what they're supposed to do. And even with black women, you know, they get so ostracized. They get so just, just, just so much hate for no reason. And that could take a toll on them too. Black men and black women, you know? So it's it's one of those things in the black community where it needs to be talked about more. Um, it needs to be more prevalent and it needs to be handled because it's 2021. And right now we're not only in a COVID-19 pandemic, we're also in a mental health pandemic. And that's the thing you will hear even the president, Joe Biden, he was talking about, yeah, I understand, you know, mental health is a big thing with people being in quarantine, people being alone. Well, if you look at it, there's 450 million people currently suffering from a mental illness, whether they know it or not. And that's one in four Americans. If you look at that. That's just the stat. You, the stats don't lie. You know what I mean? The stats do not lie. So when it just comes to just the Black community, we just need to do better as far as addressing mental health and stop trying to just tell people to go to church because church is not always the answer. So, that could be controversial or not. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's great. And sort of build off of that, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, definitely – 
being supported, going to see a therapist, you know, obviously my story is that my, my therapist ended up not being a great one. And a lot of bad things came from that, but at the same time mm-hmm. I had the opportunity. So is that something that you had growing up or, or d- did you have to find that in college when you were going through these worst moments? As far as a therapist? Yeah. And also support from your family in terms of, of, of talking about your mental health or going to see a mental health professional. Um, yeah, you know, I always did before I didn't, um, but after like all that stuff happened, you know, I talked to my mom about it. Uh, my brothers, you know, they know about it. My dad, uh, friends and stuff, especially my friends, you know, as being young, you know, when it comes to talking about mental health with family, you know, like I said, especially in the black community can be kind of a touchy subject, but with friends, you know, we all are going through the same thing. We're all in the same boat, especially in college, or even if they're not out of college, just going through the daily struggles of life and how, you know, America is very desensitized when it comes to certain things. Well, not certain things, everything as far as mass shootings. Like we've lived through so many tragedies and so many messed up things that to the point where we can be on Twitter and see this person just got killed, this person just got killed and keep scrolling, you know? So it it does take a toll on us but for me personally, I did over quarantine get a therapist. Um, you know, I did I did reach out because I was looking for one for a long time, but I wanted one that fit me. So I did get a therapist. I did start looking more into ways to, you know, uh, address the mental health, ways to uh, get better with it, ways to address people with mental health as far as that, you know, doing my research and stuff like that. So I did take the time out to get a therapist. I did take the time out to tell my friends what I was going through and tell, and finally open up to at least my mom and then some of my brothers and my dad, you know, about what I was going through. And they, they understood, you know, it was, it was a little bumpy at first, but you know, that's anything in life. <laughs> yes, that is huh. anything in life and, and, and big picture sort of uh, changes are definitely needed. Right. But, but mm-hmm. those aren't coming anytime soon. So let's talk a little bit then about sort of the day-to-day changes, you know, when it came to your own personal mental health, what kind of little day-to-day changes helped you make or, or, or make an improvement and get better? So for me personally, um, I, I feel like everybody does this. I talk to myself a lot, but when I talk to myself, you know, I talk to myself out loud, you know, I don't do it around people or nothing, but <laughs> I just, I just, when I'm by myself, you know, I'll just talk to myself. I just tell myself what I need to do. I just say little, uh, you know, mantras and things like that to myself. I meditate in the mornings, you know, just to kind of get a peace of mind of who I am, where I'm at in life, what I want to accomplish, not to compare myself to anybody because I'm me and they're them and I can never be them. So why am I going to compare myself to them? You know, just little stuff like that. So meditating, being conscious of who I am, um, just taking the time out to just, you know, thank the God, thank God for even just being alive and just being able to see another day. Cause even through quarantine, just seeing all these deaths and loved ones, you know, uh, passing away and stuff like that. It, 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 it makes you really realize about life that you do have to take care of your mental and your physical and doing little things like going to get a therapist, meditating for me, you know, and, and realizing who I am and what my purpose in life is to do that helps you with your mental health because you know what you need to do. So when you see somebody else doing something, you're not going to be like, Oh, I didn't do that. No, you know what your purpose is. That's cool what they're doing, 
but don't say you want to do that because that's what their purpose is. You know, just realizing who you are as a person and what you want to accomplish and where you're trying to go in life. And that's, that's the one thing you really need to understand. You know that at the end of the day, who you are. And as long as you know that, nobody can take that away from you. And that's just, that's a powerful, that's just something powerful that you need to, everybody should know. And it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, I still struggle with it a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm really getting good with it though. Well, that's why we say that, you know, we're always uh, in recovery and never recovered because it's an ongoing Mm -hmm. battle. So you, since we first connected, uh, graduated, Mm -hmm. you know, how are you maintaining uh, connection with the the organization and and what are you doing sort of in your day-to-day life now to keep making this incredible difference that you've been doing for so long now? So right now, um, after graduation, I moved to Grand Rapids. So uh, I'm working for Pepsi right now. And, you know, I have a little apartment here and it's just me here. So, you know, it kind of really does help with the whole meditating and trying to get stuff together as far as just me being here by myself. Uh, So day to day activities as far as that is just, you know, Monday through Friday, go to work. Then after work, you know, just try to come up with different ideas, research, do see what's in the area of Grand Rapids as far as where I could, you know, make a difference, where I could try to set up some programs for kids and stuff like that. And then even beyond Grand Rapids. So just trying to come up with different things and different ideas. And right now I'm in the process of trying to propose um, a letter to uh, Western Michigan University about mental health days um, as far as trying to have it where students could, you know, take a day off for their mental health, but it would probably be, I'm trying to make it that it's during the week, as far as like maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday, because that way, you know, the school can't be like, oh, well, they're going to use it to go party, you know, stuff like that. You know, you got to think about that stuff too. So that's that. And then as far as keeping in contact with uh, the org, as far as that, you know, the president right now, her name is Precious, shout out to Precious, Um, you know, just checking in here and there, just seeing what they're doing how's it going and stuff, just, you know, monitoring uh, their events and stuff that they got planned and stuff. So it's just little things like that, but still trying to keep that connection. Cause you know, that's the, that's the origin where it's at. That's, that's my little baby. That's my, that's, that's the little thing right there to the point where I'm just trying to make sure that's still going good and that that's still running. Cause that's where it all started. And, you know, I'm not, Grand Rapids is like 50 minutes away from Kalamazoo. So I'm not too far too. So it kind of works out. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this with me. You and I are going to reconnect at some point. I'll get you to tell a story at one of my live slash virtual events, and uh, we'll keep working together because you got a bright future, man, and I'm excited to see all you're going to do. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you having me on here and letting me, you know, tell my story a little bit and get, get, get it out there.